you're tucked in. Because you are now in bed with Dr. Sue. Hello, my little nuggets. Thank you for joining me in bed tonight. I'm your host, the fairy godmother of fetish, Sue Storm, not the one that disappears. And tonight, I have an exceptional show for you on extreme cuckolding. Now, it's a topic I'm sure not a lot of people are willing to discuss, but you know me, I'll talk about the stuff others may be more apprehensive to talk about. But before we get going, I have a couple of quick hellos, and then we will get to our subject du jour. There's a few people who are listening in now or later that I'm going to just give a quick hi to. Our good friend, Cocky the Homo MC, K2 Baby. I want to say hi to Abby, Michelle, and Gabrielle in Waco, Texas. Hi, girls. One quick mention about all this weather. Please help as much as you can in the cleanup efforts going on in Texas, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, the entire Caribbean, and Mexico from the earthquake. If you're in the area and are safe and dry, help out someone who isn't if you can. If you aren't in the area, send money to the Red Cross or the ASPCA or any other charity that you deem worthy. And if you gave tonight during the telethon, that's great, but understand there isn't enough money in the world to fix this, you guys. There will never be a surplus of cash, so keep giving and helping as much as you can. This is not the time for not in my backyard. Okay, let's get straight to tonight's show, which, as I said, is extreme cuckolding. I had several people ask, what would extreme cuckolding be? And you're about to get your answer. In a pre-recorded interview, my first guest tonight is Kevin. He's about to tell you how quickly he was thrown into cuckolding and what continues to happen even to this day. I'll update you on a few things after you listen to Kevin tell his story and Then, I'm very lucky to have live this evening Chris. Chris was the subject of an article I wrote called A Cautionary Cuckold Tale for Kinky Magazine. And I republished it on In Bed with Dr. Sue. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read that article after Kevin's interview because it's a great synopsis of Chris's situation, which has changed quite a bit even since the article came out. Now, Obviously, extreme cuckolding is a relative term. What's extreme to me might not be extreme to you. And as you all know, I advocate for everyone having the right to play the way they want to, provided you're not hurting yourself or someone else. And that's a great concept when you're dealing with robots who have no feelings and follow all the rules and have an innate amount of common sense. Unfortunately, people aren't great at utilizing their common sense, even if they have it. (laughs) And there's not a lot who do. For those of you who don't know, um, I've been in an FLR, female-led relationship, and cuckold relationship for decades. Um, I work with couples all over the world to integrate this lifestyle if they choose to do so in the way... Um, 
in the way we all try to approach anything in alternative lifestyles, in BDSM, safe, sane, and consensually. Now, a cuckold relationship, again, for those of you who don't understand what that is, is a female-led relationship where the wife or girlfriend has sex with other men with the acknowledgement of the husband-boyfriend. That's the simplest way to put it. Now, if you want to know more detail about it, I suggest you hit up inbedwithdrsue.com or thedrsuereview.com because there's tons of info there. But for right now, I'm going to assume you know what it's about. Now, unfortunately, there has been a disturbing trend that has been intensifying within the cuckold community that I have an issue with. First, a little sideline here, but it kind of leads into what we're going to be discussing. I want to talk really quickly about the term in the community, hot wife, which for some reason for me always reminds me of that 70s show, Hot Donna. Anyways, I fucking hate that term. Why? Because it gives the impression that the woman has to be perfect, which then goes back to them being objects. Any woman can cuckold her husband. Tall, short, fat, thin, doesn't matter. And you don't have to be perfect because there's a bull for everyone. But more so, the term is degrading, in my opinion, which leads to the trend I'm not liking, the professional bull. (laughs) Once again, men are injecting themselves into what is supposed to be a female-led relationship, and all hell is breaking loose. Let me say this again. Cuckolding is a female, not male, female-led relationship. Ladies, that means you call the shots, not your husband, and certainly not the human sex toy you've allowed to have the ultimate privilege of fucking you. Women are letting these alleged professional bulls run their entire lives to the detriment of themselves their relationships, and their families. In some cases, as you'll hear tonight, these men actually break up marriages for sport. So it's disheartening to hear about a woman who was foolish enough to let a bull so close to her that she falls for him and lets everything unravel. Ladies, this isn't about replacing your partner. And only strong partnerships can survive this type of lifestyle. You're missing the point. So I want you to pay very close attention to what you're going to hear tonight. Because this isn't fantasy. This is real. So after a quick break, I'll play you Kevin's interview. And so right after Kevin's interview, I just have that little, I'll give you a little sort of caveat to his story. Because it's interesting because it's gone a little bit even further down the scary road and then obviously after that we will be bringing you Chris's story and Chris of course so we will be right back after these messages and you can listen to Kevin's interview you can feel it 
Are you ready to drop down to your knees at the feet of an alluring and sensual goddess? Do you dream dream dominated by a powerful domino? A domino that will take control of your secret desires and fetishes. Would you like to experience deep entrancement? If you have answered yes to any of these questions, visit me, Goddess B. Leah, at www.dominabrandelia.com or visit my other media portals designed to titillate the senses at hypnoticlea on Twitter. So sensually hypnotic, you can feel it, feel it already, already. So sensually hypnotic, you can feel it already. Well, come on, let's see it. Drop your pants. Show us what you have to offer. <laughs> Isn't that all? At ratemytinypenis.com, your pendic will be seen by hundreds of unique visitors each day all of whom have the ability to rate your tiny member and leave a comment to tell you exactly what they think of it. Can you imagine the humiliation and exposure you'll experience? Well, why just imagine it when you can make it a reality? And the best part, everything is 100% free. You're welcome, shrimp dick. Now go on over to Rate My Tiny Penis right now and submit us your most pitiful, disgusting dick pic for all the world to see. I would like to welcome Kevin to the show tonight. Kevin is a cuckold, and he is in what I would consider a extreme cuckold relationship. He has been kind enough to share his journey. So, Kevin, if you wouldn't mind, take us all the way back to before you were doing cuckolding. Like, how was it approached with your wife? Um, okay, I'm... I'm 53, my wife is 43, and we've been married for 11 years, so there is an age difference, and this is my second marriage, but her first. We, when we got married, we had kids from my first marriage about to leave the house and go off to college, so we did not have an empty house. She was dominant from the first, decided what we were going to do on the weekend, where we were going to go eat, if we went to eat, what are we going to do for the holidays, she's deciding, just really called all the shots, not in a really overbearing way but as time went on she got more and more comfortable taking control um, telling me clean this up uh, starting to direct some of the domestic things that I take care of all of now and after uh, we had an empty house she definitely got more intense with it and uh, so would you wait one second got, Kevin would you say that she sure. did she know about a female-led relationship or this was just her personality? She did. It wasn't anything we had really discussed until probably a year or two in. But as time has gone on, she she's made it very clear that when she started seeing me, she was very much looking specifically for a submissive man. We did that for probably a couple of years. Over time, it got to where I had less and less sex. It was not satisfactory to her. It doesn't hurt my feelings to say that at all. And about a year ago, she approached me about cuckolding. She brought it up. 
she knew a couple of people she talked with online, but a couple of wives who were somewhat local. She essentially arranged for a bull, and he didn't show up the first one. So she arranged for a second one and had lunch with him, and she was very frustrated that he clearly wasn't who he said he was. And I think she, I don't think she ever would have stopped, but she finally found the one we have now. So we, we've had the one we have now for a very long time, and that was kind of through word of mouth with some friends of hers that did the same thing. So the first yeah. bull, really, the first bull she was ever with is the bull you're with now. The first bull that she brought into the house has, has made it the whole time, yeah. And uh, he is everything she's been looking for. So this gentleman, who is the bull, he is mm-hmm. what you would consider to be a professional bull. He, he describes himself as a professional bull, does he not? He does. He he works. He has a very white-collar job, but this is how he chooses to have a relationship. He will go out from time to time, but this really is his ideal. This is uh, this is his sweet spot. He has had different relationships with wives where the husband doesn't know, where the husband knows, but he doesn't really participate. But he likes a relationship with a wife, with a submissive husband, and especially likes it where... Is in my case, as you know, an awful lot of the things that happen, I'm pretty reluctant about. I'm sure when this first started, you were probably like, oh, this is kind of cool. I get to see my wife have sex. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this isn't going to be such a bad thing. I'm actually going to benefit from all of this. And that isn't quite how it went, is it? No, it really isn't. And, I I mean, I've always been kind of a humiliation slut. So a lot of the stuff that happens is really, it really works out great. But in this particular case, it's so intense and so overwhelming that it is really, really much more than I ever bargained for. And there's just a lot of elements of it that are so much more than than the fantasy. And I know that's kind of obvious to everybody, I'm sure, but it's still definitely true. Okay, so let's go back to the first encounter that you, Mm -hmm. the three of you had. Obviously, you probably met with him prior to this as well, did you not? I had. He did and still continues uh, once a week to take me to lunch. And we met before that, but the first night, uh, yes, was very intense. I think my wife probably was more nervous about it than I was. They went out for a while. They came back. I had been made to uh, wait for them. I was dressed, which I hate. It's something she's always enjoyed because it's <laughs> it bothers me much more than it should. Quite a lot of things bother me more than it should, but it okay. But explain to everybody what dressed means. How are we? How are you dressed? Stockings, garters, uh, bra, falsies, and uh, heels. And was that and, something uh, that you had done prior to meeting this guy, or is this this was new? I had yes, I had, but not very often. But this okay. was something she he apparently told her he wanted me in, and so when he came in, they came in. She was very nervous. They had gone out to eat and then I think just gone shopping and walked around. I could tell just by looking at her that she was nervous, which was unusual for her. And he told her to go ahead and go on up and get comfortable. And he and I had a talk for about five or ten minutes that I will probably never forget. He definitely owned me from the very beginning, knew exactly what to say to me to make absolutely sure that was the case. And what Um, did he say to you that was so profound in that moment? Well, he he told me, he said, well, this has been a long time coming. It's probably been a longer time in this marriage than it should have. And he said, you know, having met you and your wife, for both of you, this is later in your life and it probably should have happened. But he said, you're all already the thrill of this, the turn on is wearing off, isn't it? And I nodded my head. He said, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And he said, you've probably 
have thought about almost trying to figure out how to talk your way out of things. One of the things he talked about when we had had lunch earlier that week was forced by, which I had told him I was not really sure that I could handle. And uh, he had told me would be very much a part of this. Um, he told me you've probably thought of a lot of things that you're going to say, that you're going to talk yourself out of, you're going to stand up for yourself, you're going to be a man about this. And then he said, but we both really know that's not going to happen, is it? I said, no, it's not. And he said, you're, in the end, just going to do what you're told because you just can't help yourself. And I kind of nodded my head. And he said, just remember that. Things will get better in some ways and they'll get worse in others. But he said, I understand you more than you think I do. And when she was coming down the stairs, I don't know if, you know, she was looking at us and he said, everything is going to be fine. Um, we were just having a talk. He understands everything. He understands who he is. He understands who you are and who I am. And he said, uh, you don't have to worry about anything. And he told me, he said, she's been a little nervous about how you'll take everything. And I said, I, I understand. You know, I could barely even put two words together. And he, I did not think he would do this right then. I was sitting on the couch. He was standing in front of me. He told her to have a seat and he uh, unbuckled his pants, pulled his cock out. And he said, I want you to suck my cock in front of your wife. And I just kind of looked up at him and I kind of hesitated a minute. And he said, I'm not going to make you do anything physically, but you need to do this. And he just, he was a very powerful presence. I did, I did exactly what I was told. He talked to my wife while I was doing it and he started to take his shirt off. He said, you know, you're not going to have to worry about anything. He will always do as he's told. This is really who he is. And he's not enjoying it, probably, but you don't ever have to worry about him, you know, having a problem with anything we're doing. And the look on her face was uh, another big moment. It was, it was just a blend of not anger, but being turned on. She was definitely disappointed, just very shocked a little bit, I think. And I was too. I did not think anything would go kind of that fast that soon. And so you didn't think you would be sucking dick that soon? Not within 15 minutes of him walking the door. Mm -hmm. I did that. He told me, he said, we're going to go watch TV. And he said, in a little bit, I'm going to call you in there and we'll pick up. I, he, they walked off, uh, kind of both of them get a little bit more comfortable. And I just sat there and that was the beginning of it all, I guess. So you sat where? Like in the living room and they went into another room? Yeah, I sat in the couch. They went, uh, we have a basement with a den and they went downstairs and got comfortable. And um, just, I, I probably stared into space for two or three minutes. Then after about 10 or 15, I went down there and... Uh, they were getting ready to go, and they they had very 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 fierce and uh, energetic sex, and I did the very clean up thing that everybody does, and away we went. <laughs> the first thing that's going to come to mind for most people who don't understand any of this is why would you allow yourself to be manipulated like that? A real man doesn't allow his wife or his girlfriend to have one sex with another man. But here's another man walking into your home telling you to get on your knees and suck his dick. He's not right. the first thing that comes to mind in that moment. Fuck you. Yeah, and actually, I think that's kind of why he said what he said. You know, he said you're going to have some moments where you're going to try and stand up for yourself and try and talk things out of it. And he went on and on and said, but we both know that's not going to happen. Yeah, and, and I think with a lot of this and a lot of anything like this, really... Before it happens, you think, I, I'm not going to do it this time. And after it happens, it's a real turn-on. And for myself, at least, I'm sure it's different for everybody, I almost feel like I just don't have any choice in the matter. And I know that's not true. But 
No, but that's it, your submissive side. Like that. That's your submissiveness coming out and going, okay, I'm just doing what I'm told. You know, I have this powerful mm-hmm. figure, regardless of what their gender is. There is a powerful mm-hmm. figure who is ordering me around, and you're automatically just going to slip right into submissive mode and, you know, do exactly what you're told. So that's not surprising. When you add a sexual element to it, now you've got a payout. So when they were having sex, what were you allowed to do? Like, I'm assuming in 15, when you said you were in the living room and you said, okay, 15, 20 minutes goes by and I went downstairs, were you called downstairs? Did you walk down the stairs by yourself? I'm trying to see how much control you had. I'm kind of, I'm kind of cheating a little bit because I was at the top of the stairs trying to hear what's going on. (laughs) You were cheating. (laughs) I was cheating. Whether they heard that or whether it was just time, he called me down, told me to go sit in the corner. He said, uh, you can touch yourself, but you can't come. It was, it was very impressive to watch. Uh, they had it on the couch. It, it was a very, very powerful moment for her. He, he was into her for a solid, somewhere between, I'm sure, 30 and 45 minutes, whatever position he wanted. Very rough, but it was a rough that she loved. Yeah, it was, it was everything she could have hoped for. Now it's over, and you said you had cleanup duty, and no, that doesn't mean you were putting the chips and dip away. Uh, yeah, I, I went. Well, I went over, and uh, she had been kind of on her back on the couch. He said, "Get this before it comes out," and put my head between her legs. I cleaned up. Then he kind of pulled me over. He said, "Clean my cock off," and I did that. Then he had me kind of spend more time on her, and then lay down on the floor, and she sat on my face because it takes a while for some of it to get. <laughs> so far, really, this isn't that extreme thing that he's made you do is that scary, that bad. I will say that you went through it quicker than most. Most people sort of yeah. slowly move their way into it. You were sort of slam dunk, but that's fine. I mean, you're doing what essentially what most couples do. Where does the extreme come in? So what is this guy doing now? How much of your life is being controlled by both this man and your wife? The biggest thing that probably happened in the last month or two was she has total financial control of our situation right now. And that is a very new situation for me, very new, much more powerful than I actually thought it would be. So describe um, what you mean by full financial control. I mean, you still have a debit card. You can still go into your bank account whenever you want, right? I cannot. She has, I travel some for my work. She has a credit card that has my name on it, but it's actually her card. She, of course, can see what charges hit or anything like that. Um, my account, my deposit goes into her account. Um, I get an allowance. I do, I do have a debit card with my old account on it, and she will sometimes put a little money in there, but for the most part, it is an actual allowance she hands me. And that has been more, I would say it's more effective than chastity, actually, for actual control. It is a helpless feeling like I was not really prepared for. But not only that, you've also sort of learned a way to make some extra money, which you didn't think you'd do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things that um, I, I approached my wife about early was having no money or little money is just absolutely exhausting. It is oppressive. I know it sounds crazy, but uh, she said, well, I'll talk to him about it because she actually gets a really large amount of her ideas now really from him. She was very clear pretty quickly that you can have, you can earn extra money, but you earn it by, you know, you earn it by sucking cock and <laughs> trying to, trying to figure out a different way to say it. And there really isn't. Uh, there really isn't. I said from the beginning, this is frustrating because I'll not have any extra spending money. And, you know, I talked to him that week. Like I say, he, we get together once a week. And he said, sure you will. And I said, I just don't think that'll happen. And 
He said, almost everything in your life right now, you probably never would have thought would happen. And sure enough, there was a time, probably a couple weeks in, where he was over and she wasn't. He's very comfortable in the house now. As I say, we have an empty house, so he has, he's here a lot. She wasn't home yet and uh, he was getting ready to go. And I just thought, I approached him and I said, may I suck your cock for some spending money? So you actually asked. He didn't say, do you want some spending money? Get on your knees. Nope. You went to him. Yeah. And that was what he told me from the beginning, that he would want me to be the one to make that request. And he kind of smirked. And without really a big hesitation, he said, sure. He said, let's take care of that. And probably 10 minutes later, I had a $20 bill. And he absolutely did tell my wife, that's how I get extra spending money. It has been something that has also been one of the better in all the years and the basic year we've been cuckolding. It's probably the best, I would say, close to the best mind fuck that uh, they've come up with. Because then you're just sitting there the next day, you go get a Coke, you get a breakfast on the way to work, and you obviously know how you got the money to do that. It's really, really a very clever, very clever mind fuck. And you say, okay, so this guy is always at your house now. Like, what is the dynamic? Does, does your family know about this guy? He is, I say he's always there. He's there a lot. He is probably there at least one full day and a night, usually two nights over the weekend. He is there probably a couple nights a week. And she might go over to his place maybe once a week. So they, they only, there's only two or three days and Days or nights, I should say, a week where they don't see each other. But after that, other than that, it's very, very regular. He has gone out of his way to not be there really when my family was there. It's mm-hmm. happened once or twice where somebody has dropped by and he's kind of said, oh, I'm just leaving. And my wife introduced him as a friend. But he has also said that he's about done doing that. I asked her what happens and she said, well, I'm about done having your friends and family just drop by too. You need to tell them that they need to check with me first. She did give me a little bit of a pass. She said, it's up to you how you want to explain that. She said, he's not, he's not the kind of man and I'm not the kind of woman who's just going to, you know, jump into another role just because somebody's there. And I don't think you want to be in a position to where he acts in a very alpha way around you because one of the things they have both pointed out is that I don't think I could pretend to be anything other than a submissive person in front of both of them. So I'll have to stop the, stop the visits. <laughs> Explain to everybody how the dynamic has changed at work for you, how this has actually made work more difficult for you. It has, and I know there's probably a big debate about does this kind of thing expose you for who you always were, or does it change you? And Chicken and the egg. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know whether it necessarily has to be one or the other. I do not believe I was this submissive before. But with alpha men especially, and even alpha females, but probably more men, I have a very difficult time um, communicating, a very difficult time expressing myself without really, really appearing to be just a very, very obvious beta bitch. And the thing about alpha men that I have noticed over this whole course of time is that I definitely believe that alpha men are much more, at least a beta men like myself, much more mean and cruel about it than alpha women. For you guys, you've allowed this guy to sort of walk in and almost turn your lives upside down. Mm-hmm. And now he's really controlling a lot of the shots. Does that then take away the dynamic of it being a female-led relationship if this guy's calling the shots? He has. He doesn't have anything to say with the money. And she, he, 
he'll give her orders when it comes to sex. He's very rough uh, when it, when it comes to that, but that's what she wants. But I would say the two of them are more or less on equal terms. Now he does have. I have gone over to his house to do some domestic cleanup. I have been loaned out to more than one friend of his. Well, that's um, another way that you make your spending money, right? It's not just him that yeah. you're talking. Right, right. Because um, he has so now he, introduced a whole bunch of friends into your little pool so that you can make a lot of extra money if you really wanted to, right? Yeah, but he has also told me that uh, he's, he's a very clever guy. He has also told me that pretty soon I'm going to get a lot less every time I do it. He told me to my face at lunch. He said, it will not be long before you will literally suck a guy for a couple of dollars. He said, uh, it's so much better to have you whore yourself out. The only thing better than that is to have you do it for almost nothing, for literally just a Coke during the day. And it's a very frustrating thing as a sub because I hear that and I, I cannot, I cannot even for a minute roll my eyes or whatever because it's like seeing a train in the distance it's coming and you just, it's just coming that way. There are quote unquote professional bulls who actually make it sport to break up marriages. So yeah, you have to I, be I, very, he, very he has careful. Told me about, uh, yeah, he's told me about guys he knows who it's about, it truly is, it's a badge of honor for them. One of the things he was very open about was couples who play a little kinky sex. Maybe the guy is dom in the bedroom, maybe the girl is dom in the bedroom, and then they try cuckolding. And there's a lot of cliches about it, but there's a lot of things when cuckolding starts that you can't get back. And I will remember the look in her eyes when she first saw me serving him. He very much enjoys making sure she understands who I am. But uh, that's also one of those things that I would definitely warn anybody thinking about because that sounds when you're a very submissive guy, a very beta guy, would be one of the hottest things you could ever hear. But uh, definitely not when it's really happening. It was a very, very difficult thing. And uh, I remember when when he was doing it, she kind of saw it on the other side, and he had her come around a little closer. And he said, look up at me as you're sucking me. And I, I couldn't do it. He brought her closer, and he said, no, look up at me. And he told her, he goes, don't watch his mouth. Look in his eyes and just watch that part of him die. I saw the look in her eye, and it was it was really just kind of a profound disappointment more than anything else. One of the things he told me was, when we first met, he said, uh, I've had a lot of wives without the husband knowing. And I said, which do you prefer? And he said, well, there's there's a little bit of fun to sneaking around, and, you know, the, they're going off for the weekend after I've just had her for, you know, two hours. She barely had time to shower, that kind of thing. But he said, in the long run, I get frustrated with, the guy not knowing. Well, because at that point, understand, first of all, it's not cuckolding. If you're fucking around behind right, someone's right. back, you're just having an affair. That's not cuckolding. So it doesn't mm-hmm. even fall into the same parameters. But I can see that. Like, for a dominant male, put it this way, it's not as much fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. you get, like you said, you're going to get a bit of thrill out of, you know, sneaking around, and but that wears off. And then it's just sure. a typical relationship. And that's not what these guys are out for. No, he has told me, and he said, this is true most of the guys I know. He said, when I am not seeing somebody, I don't go out and get cock. He said, a guy can get cock anytime he wants. I don't seek it out. But he said, it turns me on to use a guy like you. He said, honestly, I get more fun out of mentally beating down a guy like you than fucking your wife. He said, it's, you're, the, you're the fun part of all of this. When you hear something like that, how does that register inside of you? It is kind of dehumanizing a little bit and kind of goes back to when, when he says, you're going to, I need you to come over today on your way to work and take care of me. There's a part of you that's just your shoulders slump and you say, okay. And you know that he's not even really doing it to get off. 
he just thinks it's something that want, he wants to do to ruin your day. It's, it's, it's a weird feeling. It is sport. Yeah, it is sport literally is the perfect sport. Word. You know, if they had a gun, they'd be hunting you. It's the same yeah. sort of dynamic of predator-prey, only the prey is your brain. It's He's trying to break you down because that's what they enjoy doing. I get that totally. I asked him about if he had broken up marriages, and he says, only two so far. And he said, uh, the funny thing is, the wife is different, but different in different ways. They may decide that they want somebody like me, or they may decide they just kind of want to loosen up a lot sexually. But he said, no matter what happens in these marriages, the cuck is always the same. He's just a shell. In addition to you sucking his dick, has he fucked you yet? Yes. And that one, he was actually, that happened maybe two or three months in. I had been kind of pouty. I had been not grumbly, but just not a very good attitude. I had interrupted a couple of times. He was going to be, it was a Friday night and he was going to be there. Um, he was just going to sleep over and he just got very frustrated and he told me to get down on my knees and I did that for a few minutes and then he said, no, I want you on your hands and knees now. And I kind of started to freak out and he said, we both know you're going to do this. The only way you can make it tolerable for yourself is to make it go fast, do a good job and get it over with. And when he was doing it, he was not very gentle. And he told me, he said, I'm angry for having to do this. I don't enjoy it, but this will take care of you for a while. And when he finished that- Was that your first time with another male? Yes. And when he finished, I just, I, I, my, in my time, I keep saying this, but it seems like I say it every week, but at that time, I had never been more submissive and cowed in my life than when that was over. Did you feel partially broken? Yes, yes. And that was before my wife had really kind of come to terms with a lot of what was happening, too. And I remember later that night, he and her started to do something, and I was in the other room, and he said, I want you to go to your room. Your wife really doesn't want to see you for the rest of the night, and maybe tomorrow. What did you think about that? Well, I, first of all, I, I actually did. I guess this is a good sub-attitude. I did understand that I deserved to be punished. But at the same time with what happened, I also had kind of a very beta, almost a brat attitude of, well, I didn't have any choice but to do what he said. So if she didn't like it, it's not my fault. But has he done it since? He's done it a couple times. But it's always been an attitude adjustment. And I was going to say, so it's also, primarily punishment. He's not doing it for... You right. Know, it feels like doing it. It's mostly using it for punishment. Right. He has said one of the things he's thinking about, but he likes the way it works now because I can do it at all different times. But he has said sooner or later he'll turn it off to where I can't earn any money other than doing that. And that was. What do you think about that now? First of all, it's a terrifying situation because I know that just like everything else, I may say, well, that'll never happen. But I also know better now. One of the things that I did with that was. She lets me do it occasionally. I went to her and said, I don't want this. She said, I'll think about it and I'll let you know. And she thought about it and she said, I don't have a problem with it because you really, you don't have to do it. If it comes to that, that'll still be a decision you're making. She was very kind of brutal about it verbally. She said, if you're going to spread your legs for 5 or $10 spending money and then hate yourself after, she said, you're not going to get me to, you know, the responsibilities on you, not me, not to do that if that's going to do that to you. Race comes into play when we're discussing cuckolding in a lot of cases. Is the bull black? He is, actually. And I, she had not, she told me up front this was not something she was seeking out. This was not, you know, oh, this guy's great, but he's white or he's Hispanic. No, I want, I want a black bull. This is actually just kind of the way things fell into place. 
Right. So this just kind of happened organically that it just happened that he happens to be African-American. Right. Uh, it, it, it may be the case that there are a lot more of them, and I think I suspect that is because it plays into so many fantasies. But in our case, yes, he was. So is there anything that you would say to any male out there who is considering doing this, who may be sitting on the fence or may be scared? Would you ever recommend that couples do this, or do you think it's a really hard thing to do? It is a very hard thing to do. First of all, I would definitely say that it would really help you had spent some time with the wife being dominant on a very regular basis and fairly intensely. Not just, you know, weekend playtime or something like that. I know it works with relationships where that's not a a female-led relationship. From my point of view, I hardly see how that's possible, but I would definitely recommend that that's an element of it. I would definitely recommend you have your kind of ducks in a row before you do it because it will be very hard to say, well, we tried that. Everything went the way we thought, but I think it's maybe not for us. It might not be, but it will be hard to go back. Be prepared for that, and however intense you think your wife is about dominating you before, it'll get much more intense afterwards. She just doesn't have any, she's the same dynamics that might hold her back don't really exist anymore. I mean, I'm definitely aware of that. You know, I've, uh, she's much more comfortable humiliating me in public now. She's just much more comfortable in general with my humiliation. So. Definitely give it some thought and make sure that you... As he said, have your ducks in a row. You you really do need to talk about it a lot. You need to discuss it. You need to, as a couple, kind of come to terms with what could and could not happen. The first time so I was, uh, he slept over, she left, and he was getting ready to go. And he said, come in here and suck. And I was like, well, she's. I don't think she's going to be back before you go. He said, I know. And he actually had me do it again. And I, I asked him at the end, you know, I was just still very broken. I was kind of new to everything. And I said, you told me you didn't really like doing this, and she's not here. He said, well, I really don't. But he said, you remember in grade school, he said, uh, when you're out at recess and some guy doesn't even need it, takes you to lunch money, he said, that's all I'm doing. <laughs> so, yeah, there, you will not get any help from the bull. Your wife will make things more intense. And if it wasn't 24-7 before, it will be, it probably will be after. And 24-7 is a very... Difficult thing if you have if nobody's ever done. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kevin. I really appreciate you being on the show, and I appreciate you sharing your journey. And you have no idea how much this is going to help people. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much. So, I thought the lunch money metaphor was ab- absolutely poetic because it's it's so true. <laughs> It's like the scorpion and what is it, the scorpion and the frog, right? It's it's in my nature. That's just who I am. Really quickly, um, his extremism actually has ramped up even more. This past weekend, he was, for all intents and purposes, pimped out by this guy. You can't really pimp out something for free because there was no, so it wasn't prostitution because there was no exchange of money. But he was essentially put into a hotel room and a steady stream of men were coming in to constantly violate him in any way they seemed fit. And he was there for all of Friday night until Saturday morning. And, and I get 
I mean, she this turns her on, and I and I get that. Okay, I get that if you want to go ex- extreme, that's fine. But the problem is, most women, when it gets really extreme, lose control of what's going on, if they were even in control in the first place. I don't know if you noticed when he said, I almost feel like I have no choice in the matter. That line is so important, and I know Chris understands that feeling. This is precisely the reason why, as a woman, you have to take control of this. Because they, when they drop into subspace, when they go into that submissive persona, it's not even a persona, it's, just, it's like this innate part of who they are, they are incapable of rationally going, okay, no, I'm not going to do this. Because it is very trance-like. It is it's something that they can't say no to. And this is how I end up speaking with people who have very broken psyches from some of the things that these men have had them do, not just in cuckolding, but in BDSM in general. So this is just my point where you can see where I have an issue with the amount of involvement that this bull has with this couple. Again, they're working it. They're having fun with it. That's fine. I disagree with it. Whatever. Who cares, right? However, um, I'm going to go to a couple of commercials, and then we will be right back. I'm going to read you Chris's story very quickly, the article that I wrote, so that you can have a bit of a backstory on Chris, and then we're going to bring Chris in live. So that if you want to call in, please do. You can talk to Chris, ask questions. Let us know what you think of Extreme Cuckolding. The call-in number is 657-383-0031. And we will be right back, right after this. I hear you're looking for a good mindfuck. That's my specialty. I love twisting and turning boys and wrapping them around my little finger. What I do is... I take time to get to know you on a level that you may not have experienced before. At first it's subtle, and then we get a little deeper and a little darker. I get under your skin and I get in your head, and before you know it, you're craving me. You're craving the things that I offer you on a level that has begun to keep you awake at night. I know it's a little scary. Who am I? (laughs) I'm glad you asked. I'm Mistress Peyton. Peyton will break you? The Sensual Domination Mistress, and you, you can find me at SensualDominationMistress.com. Talk soon, naughty one. Perfection does exist, and my name is Mistress Kiara. I've been a professional dominatrix for over 12 years, so I know all of the right buttons to push to make you melt for me. I'm well known for my love of blackmail, hypnosis, and financial domination, but my other favorite fetishes include foot worship, impact play of any kind, specification and feminization, anal training, bondage, humiliation, including small penis humiliation, cock and ball torture, forced intoxication, chastity and key holding, tease and denial, and fetish wrestling and boxing. Serve me in person in the Ann Arbor, Michigan area, or on my website, mrstiarsdungeon.com, where I offer phone, cam, and instant messaging sessions, as well as over 100 clips for you to purchase. What are you waiting for? 
What's up, y'all? This is K2Cocky, formerly Cocky the MC, and you are in bed with Dr. Sue. Be sure to check out my mixtape, Mental Trillness, Volume 1. Google Mental Trillness, or go to cacavelli.bandcamp.com. Cacavellia! <laughs> I love you, Cocky. <laughs> so, we are now going to, I'm, I'm going to give you your bedtime story, your scary bedtime story. <laughs> In this story, Paul is Chris, so that just so you can kind of get a frame of reference here. As with anything, there are pitfalls in cuckolding, and I want to share with you a story of a client of mine who was taken down a road he wasn't ready for. This is a true story, but the names have been changed. Paul is a sweet soul in his 50s who called me one day to tell me about his fantasy of being cuckolded by his wife, Amanda, who was also in her 50s. You see, Paul's wife had an affair several years ago, and it almost broke up the relationship. Ever since then, Amanda was very faithful, but sexually unfulfilled, and Paul couldn't figure out why he kept fantasizing about what went on during the affair. So I discussed his fantasy with him, and we both came to the conclusion that she just might go for a cuckold relationship based on the affair that she had. Paul did everything right. When we both felt she was ready, he proposed the idea of a cuckold relationship. They sat and discussed at length what their boundaries were, and she was really open to the idea and to following some common sense rules. Paul knew that Amanda still thought about the guy she had the affair with, and since the idea of her hooking up with the guy turned him on, he figured that giving her the green light to start up the affair again would work really well. He couldn't have been more wrong. Unfortunately, he went ahead and said it was okay for her to get in touch with this guy before he talked to me. I told him that Amanda, going to a man that she had feelings for before, was in fact the worst thing he could do. It's never a good idea to go back to former lovers and cuckolding because the point of a cuckold relationship is that the alpha bull stud guy is just used for sex and that's it. He's not there to replace the husband and by introducing someone she had feelings for, you run too big of a risk of her falling for him all over again. When the bull male gets too close to me, or when a bull male gets too close to me, and starts to profess his love, personally, I kick him to the curb. That may sound harsh, but I'm not looking to complicate my life or my relationship. Paul was sure it would all be fine because they were communicating openly. And everything started out really well. Amanda hooked up with Jeremy, who's in his mid-30s, black stud muffin. She had the affair, the guy that she had the affair with, and Paul at first got to hear about it, but in no time was watching her have sex with this guy in their home, in their bed. He couldn't be happier. Amanda was thrilled, and in Paul's words, seemed to come alive again. Jeremy had her wearing provocative outfits that she never would have worn for Paul, and she seemed to thrive on Jeremy's attention. For me, all of this was throwing up red flags because Jeremy was starting to take over Amanda. 
But Paul was happy and was still positive that everything was perfect. Paul started funding trips for Amanda and Jeremy. And it's important for me to note here that Paul is somewhat, he's somewhat affluent man who's not hurting for money, not rich, but extremely comfortable. And he and Amanda lived in a big, beautiful home. Paul ran his own company, and Amanda also had her career, which was how she met Jeremy. So he had the means to fund the trips and pay for the fine dining. Soon he was also funding tattoos that Jeremy wanted on Amanda. The sexual component seemed to be progressing as well. Paul felt his submission reaching new heights as they explored even more kinky ideas in the bedroom. Paul began sucking Jeremy to prepare him to fuck Amanda and eventually allowed Jeremy to fuck him as well. Jeremy was very good at giving orders and had Paul exploring his feminine side by wearing panties in the bedroom on their nights together. And he was no longer allowed to touch Amanda at all as she was now owned by Jeremy. And Paul was eating it up. Now, I'm a big believer that although I wasn't happy about what was going on, it was their relationship to do with what they wanted. I continued to counsel Paul to show him my concerns, but in the end, they're all adults and are perfectly within their rights to do whatever they wanted. Whether I liked it or not was irrelevant. This was Paul's life, and I was there to support him. In one of our sessions, Paul confided in me that all his wife had always wanted was to have a baby, but they were never able to conceive. And now the theme of Amanda getting pregnant by another man had started to infiltrate his cuckold fantasies. I cautioned him that this is something that can be integrated into their relationship, but that it cannot be something you just consider one day and then implement the next. There had to be an enormous amount of thought in a decision that huge. But fantasizing about it was completely normal. It didn't take long before fantasy became reality and Paul decided he wanted Amanda to get pregnant by Jeremy. Once again, I told him my concerns. A woman having a child with a man she had feelings for in a scenario like this probably won't end well. I told him to get legal counsel and to have a contract drawn up clearly delineating the rights and responsibilities of all the parties. This he did, thank God. Jeremy signed the contract removing his parental rights to the possible child. Now understand that all of this was going down in the time span of less than three months. It's not like this new relationship dynamic was seasoned and marinating slowly. No, it was going at lightning speed, and all I'm seeing are the red flashing lights of impending doom. Paul's weakness was Amanda's breasts, and she and Jeremy used to drive she are sorry, she and Jeremy used this to drive his submission even deeper, which, in a more stable situation, is fantastic. At Jeremy's command, she would use her breasts to mesmerize him, promising small sessions of touching, and if he was really lucky, he might be able to suckle at them, but even this started to become less frequent. Paul didn't care. He was in the process of watching his wife become impregnated by another man. What could be better? She gets the child she always wanted, and he gets to be the guy who made it happen for her. 
It wasn't long before Amanda was finally pregnant with the child she always wanted. Amanda was in heaven, and Paul was completely enraptured by the whole situation. Then came the day that Jeremy decided Paul was to be put in chastity, and Jeremy was to be the key holder. Paul called me and told me he had been caged by Jeremy, but when I asked him if he liked it, he wasn't thrilled. They had put a large padlock on the device, and I told him that if he didn't want to be caged, that he was well within his rights to say no. He had been in chastity at this point approximately three weeks, and although he loved the chastity, the fact that Jeremy had the key yeah, made him a little nervous, rightfully so. So I got him to go into the garage and get the bolt cutters and remove the device, which he promptly did. And this didn't sit well with Jeremy, so he resorted to more breast tease and denial to capture his attention and his servitude. Once again, the chastity device was put back on, and Paul went into a state of very deep submission to both Jeremy and Amanda. This is common when a submissive is placed in chastity, and as I said before, if this was a better situation, it would be a wonderful thing. It became apparent to me that Jeremy had started to do some serious research on mind control. When Paul would call and catch me up on what was going on, I noticed some serious changes to his mental state. But by now, Amanda had become pregnant with Jeremy's child, and Paul was knee-deep in what I can only call a form of Stockholm Syndrome, as was Amanda. Both of them had become almost robotic in their servitude of Jeremy. And at this point, Jeremy had moved into Paul's home. Paul was relegated to one room in this grand house he was paying for and wasn't allowed to leave except for work and meals with the other two or when he was working on the nursery. During those meals, he would be ignored, which would make him crave Jeremy's attention even more. But no matter what, he was always allowed in when Jeremy and Amanda were having sex so that Paul would learn that he no longer owned anything of his own. Jeremy had taken his wife, his home, and this child. Jeremy was now totally living off Paul and banking his own paychecks. During the time Jeremy had taken over the house, Amanda had gone to Paul and told him that they needed to make changes to his will and his power of attorney. He had already put both of them on his medical insurance, and this was the next logical step. And even this didn't wake up Paul, a very articulate, intelligent, and successful man. Then came the day that Jeremy called Paul at work and told him to go to the tattoo shop that he had Amanda frequenting. Paul thought that he was going to get a tattoo with Jeremy's name on it because that's what they discussed a few weeks earlier. Instead, he was taken into a room, his trousers and shorts pulled down, and placed in a chair. Jeremy's there telling him what to do. Paul is in a trance-like state, and within 10 minutes, Paul has a Prince Albert piercing through his cock and was caged in a device that would not come off. Paul said it happened so fast he didn't even have time to protest. Now I'm pissed, and I'm no longer willing to just let this carry on. I had no choice but to try to snap Paul out of the hypnotic state he was in. I told him that I thought he had Stockholm Syndrome. He had to wake up and see what was happening around him. We, talk, we talked for quite a while, and he seemed to come around, but 
I had my doubts it would last. Luckily, after he hung up with me, he started really thinking about how all of this had progressed. By now, it's about six months into this pseudo-cuckold relationship, and he realized this wasn't going the way it should be. He decided to confide most, um, but not all, of what had happened to me one of, to one of his lawyers and a friend. And thank God his friend also told him it wasn't right. He ended up throwing the two of them out, giving Amanda a chance to stay, of course, but she was too far gone under Jeremy's spell to realize what she was doing. He got another pair of bolt cutters and removed the piercing three days after it was done, so he healed up pretty quick. Since then, Amanda has tried to come over and use her breasts to entice him back into their three-way freak show, but Paul didn't bite the bait. He has since had all of the legal issues straightened out, and Paul has now signed off on the baby, plus he gave Amanda a nice monetary settlement as part of their divorce. Amanda has had her baby and is living with Jeremy, but I don't think it'll be long before she's on on her own. Logically, what 30-something man is going to stay with a 50-something woman with a child? Paul, I can say, I consider a friend, and we stay in touch. He was very grateful to me for essentially saving his life. I think that was a bit much, or at least saving his life savings. God knows what would have happened if he had let him stay, but when life insurance is involved, it wasn't going to be pretty. Although this sounds almost too crazy to be true, I assure you it is, and I even left out a few things that happened. Cuckolding can work so well if everyone has their head on straight. This is a case that, although extreme, shows you what can happen if you take your submission and your fantasies too far. It's okay to be submissive, and as I pointed out several times, if this had been a more normal, stable relationship, it could have worked really well. But you can't let your submission get in the way of your common sense. I have an epilogue in there, too, that Paul has found a dom who he visits and serves And he's quite happy with his life now. He sees Amanda occasionally, and he took her flowers when she had the baby, but he makes sure to keep her at a safe distance because he knows he's weak around her. There is so much more that went on with this. So, luckily, we have Chris, and Chris is right here. Hi, Chris. Hi, Dr. Sue. Hi, Dr. Sue. How are you? I'm doing fine, thanks. So, Chris Paul. Paul Chris. (laughs) <laughs> you someone from, from KISS Chris Paul Something like that I don't know Yeah Paul Chris like No I don't know Whatever Anyways That obviously Was written quite a while ago And It Shocked a lot of people For obvious reasons Sure What So let's kind of Update everybody Get everybody up to speed you did not divorce her. No, correct. What what went on? What happened? Yeah, it was well. You're right. I think at the time, maybe uh, we were talking at that time that the stories were. It was pointed definitely in that direction, and uh, we did get back together. Um, and I think uh, uh, the the latest update is we are together. We are still married. He is not definitely not part of my life at all anymore. And increasingly less and less a part of uh of my wife's uh role. 
but uh, clearly what I figured out, and, and when you talk about this, he, I, I was, my wife became much more submissive to him and, and less of a dom I was hoping her to be, or, or feminine-led, so to speak. And uh, as you po- aptly pointed out, he was really the, uh, the puppeteer of both of us for a long time. But the update is, is uh, we we don't talk about him much. He's, I, I, uh, you know, he he is uh, the father, the biological father. Has less and less to do uh, with our child, uh, and as you know, I call him our child. Uh, but it, it's a difficult scenario. It's, uh, uh, but uh, I think as as you and I talked pretty recently it's uh, getting to a, a pretty workable stage and you know, always focusing on the baby's uh, the baby's well not a baby anymore a toddler's well-being but at the time you threw them out mm-hmm. and she went with him and there mm-hmm. was kind of a rude awakening in there wasn't there it was like well, moving out with him, a... moving out from the lap of luxury, if you will, and she had a slap in the face that, you know what, this isn't all it's cracked up to be, right? Yeah, it, and there was a, a pretty pivotal discussion you and I had, um, and I am submissive, and it is, uh, it, 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 you do, it, your, your rationale toggles in and out of different boxes as as things happen, and and uh, as time went by, with uh, with particularly him, he was able to read the triggers of my submission, uh, as was my wife. Uh, you mentioned uh, her breasts and and her dress in certain situations that would trigger that submission, and they'd use that. But when we had that pivotal discussion, it was clear to me that I, this was there were some things that I just didn't rationalize one was i i was i wanted her to be uh more dominant and and, and treating me like the cuckold and not becoming the puppet of the puppeteer of this younger man and then the other thing too was just uh he was he was manipulative and he was definitely starting to you know after i got feedback from you and, and ultimately uh a friend of mine uh it was really apparent to me that uh, it, it, there, there's fantasy, there's role play, there's cuckolding, and then there's this terrible manipulation that involves people's lives. And uh, I had to, I just had to break the chain. And that, as you, I'm sure you remember. And that, that was not was an easy me. thing for you to do. That was no, not easy no, for you it, to do. That's a very difficult thing to do when you're submissive. Yeah. Because those kind of situations they're hard to replace and you're as a submissive there's so much that you're appreciating it's like probably a lot of things in life you're willing to overlook some things but as as you can't you shouldn't overlook the fact that a you're being manipulated and and b it's harming people it's 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 not right and you know the the syndrome that you talk about that's exactly I'm not a clinical psychologist at all, but it resonated when you and I talked and I began doing a little research on my own that this was, this had gone 
astray. <laughs> Maybe that's probably mm-hmm. too mild of a word, but this had gone terribly awry, and I had to break that chain, and I had to do something drastic to do it. And this guy wasn't a professional bull. As I said, this guy was no. someone she worked with, someone she had had an affair with, and she had had a relationship with. And But it felt to me, and we obviously don't know, but it felt to me as if he was doing an enormous amount of research as he was going along and started realizing, oh, look what I can do with this. Mm-hmm. And just ran with it. In an obviously yeah, negative I, direction. Yeah, he he as I mentioned, he was he became really uh, became really savvy on what triggered my submission, and that that was that was kind of the beginning of the end in the sense that I was looking for my wife to be that person who managed the bull. She needs to be who, the block. Yep, and you and I she talked about that. She has to be the rock and, in that room. Yeah. And that's a really good example that needs to be brought to the forefront. This is a really good example of why you need to be strong and you need to be the one who's in control of this because whether you're male or female, submissive, when you drop into that state, somebody's got to be hanging on to the reins. Because if somebody's not hanging on to the reins and blocking these guys, because these guys are hardcore, just like you heard Kevin say, they're cruel, they're brutal, and a lot of them now are doing this for sport. Mm-hmm. So they actually are now chalking up, oh, yeah, I knocked out another marriage this week. Yeah. So because this is fun I, to them. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it, 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 it. It, it, she, uh, it, he, it, he was basically uh, the alpha bull who was pulling all the strings, and she never took that. And you, we've talked about that. We, we, I asked her. We talked, had that discussion with her a number of times about her drawing the lines when I do go into that state that I need her to do that. And when it was her and I in that discussion, things went pretty well, but. He also influenced her very heavily, and that went away when it was the three of us together, and I suspect when the two of them were together. So she ends up, it doesn't work out for her living with this guy and the baby. Mm -hmm. Correct. And she comes scratching back at your door. Yes, pretty much. And I think, too, being uh, being a mother, and particularly at her age, and you know, we talked about that and went through all the medic. But you know, she, she needed the support, and financial support is a big part of it, as well as the emotional support. The the intimacy at that point between her and I never has remanifested itself per se. And even when we were married before this all started. I would say our intimacy part was was limited, uh, as you and I have discussed. But mm-hmm. uh, she she never was able to confront him and saying, you know, this is uh, this is fine. You're a bull and nothing more. And uh, particularly when he became kind of intrusive on our household and wanted to started spending the nights and so forth, it it, it was it was a lot of fun at first. It was interesting. But then, uh, and I think as your prior uh, guest talked about, the 24-7 part of this 
is is overwhelming. You know, at some mm-hmm. point, even the submissive as I am is, and I enjoyed so much of this. Uh, the provocative dressing. There was just so many of the things that transpired during this time that I really enjoyed. But the problem is, is there's no off switch. You get exhausted mm-hmm. by it. You get, and I think too, you get weakened by it. You just you succumb to the fact that there's no escaping the this. This is this is not uh, something that you 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 leave a scenario on and then it's over and you go back to work. It, it's in your head twenty four seven. And uh, your prior caller I, that really resonated when he said that because that's exactly how I felt. There's just uh, I, and I, I just thought you know I don't. I don't want this twenty four. I got I got a career. I got other big concerns. Mm-hmm. I got other other elements of my family, and this just is consuming everything in in a, in a way I don't want it to. And and it was scary. It started oh, yeah. to get really scary because the yeah. things because he knew how to take you down mentally so fast. For example, the the Prince Albert. Is a classic yes. example of that. That was done before you even came out of your fog. Like it was, he knew exactly what to say once you hit that room. And it, I don't was, think the, it was game over. Yeah. I don't think the true reality of what they had done and why they had done it, and, and it was primarily he, um, but he postured it as them. I don't think it hit me until I called you afterwards, and and obviously the tonality and shock in your voice. Oh, what the hell did I do here, or what the hell did I let them do? But that's and that's what I mean. That's such a. That's why you have to have the female intermediary. That's why this needs to be female run, and that's yes. why I personally don't agree with allowing these 24-7 things because it does spin out of control. And now that we know that all this, there are blogs, there are websites out there who are informing these bulls on some of the most egregious acts I've ever seen. And like I said, this has now become sport. You have to be so freaking careful who you let into your life. Yeah, I was lucky in the sense that you know, I had I sought your advice, and of course, I had. Uh, it, it's very difficult to share with. I mean, when you're down mm-hmm. this rabbit hole, and as you point out, your your spouse. Who do you is have not, to go to? And you you might, can't go to your it, friends it, and go. By the way, this guy's yeah. just walked into our lives, and because he's going to look at you and, we'll, and pull up your fucking pants and go kick him out. Like it's too cut and dried if you're not in submerged into that whole DNS thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was very. It, 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 I, I still, and, I, and you mentioned it earlier in the show. I still think you. It, it was. It was, you know, it was life threatening to me. I mean, I just, I, I, I could not survive that anymore. It was too. It was not healthy. It was too intense, and it was not. Well, let's gradually transition out of this. There was none of that. It, 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 it was. It was strenuous. It was stressful. It was my health suffered. I think for uh, a while, just with the angst of everything, um, and it was it was not fun uh, during that during that during that time where I said this is this has got to stop. 
And the other problem is, and, and, and this is a fair problem, is you miss it. It's, it still felt good. There were times yeah. when it would still feel good. So mm-hmm. it's a hard thing to go, no, I'm going to walk away from this because of that. It, it's such a hard yeah. thing to do because of the sexual payout. The fact that it all felt yeah. good, even though it didn't. Yeah, very hard. And my my situation, it, it, it was very difficult for me to just work with uh pro-doms, phone situations, and have that fulfilled. Um, Not now, because because look at what you just lived. Right, right. So it, 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 you, I like the term the rabbit hole, you get down into it and it, it's very difficult to see a way in the hole once, once you're down there. It's tough. Especially when you have a feel good payout. Yep. Yep. Now, when you You're snap right, I, out of the submission, you stand there and you go, okay, what the hell? What did I just do? What did I just subject myself to? But they know how to manipulate you. And I think uh, here's a very good example. Okay, so kicked her out. She comes back. The whole deal of her coming back was you are not to have anything to do with this man. This man is cut off. We want nothing to do with it. We're just going to be alone. We're going to raise a baby. Done. But that didn't last, did it? No, it didn't last. Because you missed it. Yeah. So how did that slowly start? Because he came back. He didn't live with you. But the whole thing started again. Well, and again, I'm I'm going to guess that she was dressing very, you know, they know she knew my weaknesses, and I think they missed some of the financial piece to this. And uh, again, things started happening at home, and she started uh, without him being there. She, I think, with some of his coaching, started uh, making sure I was a good boy for her and doing some things, and it it, it started coming back. Absolutely. And he was back, and, and you guys were back in the bedroom, and everything started up again, right? Correct. Correct. So you started submitting to him again. Yes. And I did miss it. And it was, you know, it was addiction syndrome. I'm not sure what the right clinical word, but it, I could feel that, that hunger inside of me just reestablish itself for what, the, you know that 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 pleasure that I was getting from from many aspects of it. Despite everything that you went through, despite the literal pain that you went through, you broke down and let this guy back in again. Mhm. Mhm. So do you see how you need someone guiding stuff like this? Because with no uh, one I, guiding it, you've got a crazy man at the helm. Yeah, and the guiding too. Without and again, even though I had the help of you and, and one particular, if it's not in in this case the, the spouse that's doing it real time, mm-hmm. you get too far down and too much happens between your conversations with rational people on what what probably is happening. 
and it's it's scary to me that, and I'm hearing this, and it's not just you, it's not just Kevin. I'm hearing this from a lot of couples, and they're like, I'm getting women who are getting in touch with me, going, okay, you know, he's taking over and he's doing this, but my husband loves it. Okay, I get that. He's gonna love it, but you still have to step in and guide this. You're the captain, nobody else. Because without was, you, everything goes to hell. Occasionally, just some very fleeting or small voice inside of me at, at, some, at a couple of different scenes that we were involved in as, a, as th- the three of us. I was, once in a while, I find a little sliver of me begging her to have him leave me alone or leave us alone. But that quickly was overwhelmed by submissiveness and uh, certain aspects of what we were involved in. It, but I, it, it's kind of like this tiny voice trying to reach out for help, but you, I, I couldn't listen to it. There was just too much, too much pleasure, too much submission, too much fantasy role play reality that was occurring. It was just sweeping over my body like a, a wave, it just a tsunami. I, I couldn't. Every once in a while, I, I thought I had a touch point, but it, it didn't last. Mm-hmm. Because these guys are manipulating you with your submission, with mind control techniques. He was actually using mind control techniques because you could, just from what you were telling me, it was obvious. That's that's why I knew he was doing research as he went along because of the way the two of you were responding. It was very it was very weird. It was very Stepford Wives. It was bizarre. Yeah, and, and it's one it was of those very things, good. If I'll give him that. If you're in that, I, I couldn't see it. I really, overall, you I can't. just couldn't see it. it, nope. it, it you just, and, you know, the, the, they're timing the days of my release. And the 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 points that they needed to change my behavior were guided by, you know, let's let's get them up to two weeks, and by the end of two weeks, and some dressing, and if we, we there was a restaurant we went, and there was a particular scenario that we enjoyed, and uh, my wife would dress very pr- provocatively for him for us, a very low cut dress, and not having a release. Um, caged, there there wasn't anything at that point I could do to control my behavior. They, he had the strings, um, but he again manipulated. He 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 definitely he was behind the scenes with my wife. So it appeared to me at many points that she was pulling the strings, but the reality was not at all. He was pulling the strings. Oh, and he was pulling her strings too. He was great. Right. Completely manipulating her. That was right. very obvious because she became almost voiceless when she was Correct. with him. Like yeah. just wouldn't even respond. There was no, it, it was like watching her drop into a doll state. It, it was weird mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she wouldn't, she wouldn't have said no to him either. No. So you can I mean, see now you got two submissive people with this very powerful person, <laughs> that's a recipe for disaster. 
So how did you get rid of them again? So obviously you guys are now, because you just said the update is you guys are living fine. You're both in the same house. You're raising a baby. The baby's great. He's pretty much segued his way out of the whole thing again. What happened if you couldn't keep him yeah, away before? Was, How are you doing it now? Yeah, I think a combination. He's in a uh, a relationship, uh, what, what appears to be a, a straight relationship with another woman, and I think I think the uh, the entanglements with a child I think has dissuaded him. <laughs> I think my wife has been. Uh, she, she's been through a lot. I think she realizes the fact that she totally succumbed to him and realized how scary she that does. was. And there's these constant reminders. I mean, even though we, you know, we're not, I don't have anything to do with him. Um, there's a constant reminders. Um, and again, I go back to your former caller. I, in my case, it, I, I don't, as much as I like being submissive, you know, I, as, as you mentioned, I have a great relationship with a, uh, a pro-lifestyle Don combination, and that is very helpful. Um, but the big thing is, is I, you know, I, I bear a tattoo. Uh, my wife bears several tattoos. Um, it, there's parts of this that don't go away. Sometimes I'm kind of glad about that. Sometimes I'm disgusted by it. Um, and, and, I kind of use that disgust as a recipe or as a reminder just to say, don't ever, ever, ever think about entertaining any permutation of what, of what that relationship or what that scene was. And I hate the term use relationship, but it just, uh, I, 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 I try to keep my distance from a lot of those memories even, but uh, I think it was important for when you and I talked about the show for people to understand that, you know, this all sounds a lot of fun and intriguing and, uh, you know, I've thought I could fairly confidently manage this and this, the, the uh, my wife's bull was, you know, in a, in a pretty good position. I had known him before this started uh, and when they were having the fair, I had not known of the affair at the time, but I mean, he seemed like a decent sort. So my, my risk assessment was not that high at the time, but of course, then all of a sudden all these other factors start converging and it's a recipe for disaster. It's almost like they get a taste of power. It's like he became, he got a little taste of power and it, it literally goes to his head. And I think he just, he ran with it. Now what, has your has your wife come to you and said, "I'm sorry about all this," or, you know, "I dropped the ball," anything? Yeah, she's expressed remorse. Uh, she's apologetic, she, and that hasn't been for a while. I think, uh, but through the last scenario where we just said, "Hey, this just can't continue," I think she was uh, embarrassed. Uh, she's got to cope. With a, and again, I, I'm a bit, as you told me, a bit of an enabler, and and not a, I don't, I'm not into confrontation. But she's paid a heavy toll with her family. Uh, she's paid Has a she? very heavy, to, yeah, yeah, and she's paid a, a, pr- a pretty hefty toll at uh, some professional levels. Um, so I think, um, I think she's. Uh, 
but to her credit, she's, you know, a mother first, and she focuses in on that, and uh, that's a tough segue, too, for her. So mm-hmm. we both try to support one another. Uh, it, 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 uh, you know, we have... Uh, we have a, a closet full of memories uh, once in a while that I, I think she thinks about pulling out for fun and fantasy, but there's just too many tag-alongs with it that we just, it's not that we ignore that part of what happened. We can't. There's too many reminders of it, obviously. But we we just have a special way of putting it in a special spot that uh, we realize it didn't work out the way it could have been, should have been, and uh, probably never could, never had that possibility to begin with. Would you consider doing cuckolding again if it was done on, obviously, a much more rational level with her in control? Or do you think she just doesn't have it in her? I don't think she has it in her. I think at the bottom of the line, I, I recast her as dominant through a desire to have her be dominant and not a realistic mm. rationalization of what her what her personality is about. And I would, now knowing what I know, if they don't have that element of control that, you know, you mentioned that if the bull gets relationship or gets uh, uh, romantic or involved with you, you'd be, that's it, and that's what's needed. Um Mm-hmm. That's what's needed. There has to be. It can't be a soft line. It can't be a fuzzy line. It's got to be a hard line. And she has to have the constitution, or the lady or the woman has to have the constitution, uh, such as you do, to 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 have that and to enforce it and to make that a reality. And and she just does not have that, in my opinion. So, you know, cuck holding is is. Uh, it's still something I think about a lot, but to bring that into the reality, to bring that in back into uh, my life and her life, knowing knowing what the score is there, no, I, I, I just there's there's too much risk. And that's a shame, because honestly, yeah. when you look at the whole thing, when you look at both cases, they can both function a lot better. They could have gone perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Now, Kevin's still living his. He still seems to be enjoying it. Um, I don't know when or if that will ever wear off. But even he's noticing that it is a huge drain. It, it's not an easy thing to balance. It is your entire life completely upheaved. And there's not... This is why I always tell everybody... If you don't have a strong relationship, a strong base, you can't do this because yeah, I agree. a lot of things are going to threaten that relationship, a lot of things, including mm-hmm. these guys, obviously, who now like to come in and do this for sport. So mm-hmm. you have to be strong and you have to be able to defend your relationship. Yeah, I, I when when I started understanding that that's the landscape out there that there's people actually using this opportunistically that scares the hell out of me because it's a very vulnerable situation and mm-hmm. you know to get all the different factors aligned to make it to make it workable it's possible but 
there's, you know, if you have somebody trying to manipulate or exploit you, it doesn't take a little chink no. in the arm or a little bit of a weakness mm-hmm. for that all of that to fall apart. All of that to fall apart. Because you have to realize that domination and psychopathy run very close together. So there are more so dominant males, sorry, but it's true, who are like exactly what Kevin said. They are cruel, and it's fun for them. So, and I, and I get why the cruelty is fun. From a domination standpoint, I get it. But when you're talking children, when you're talking families, to me it's not worth it. It's not worth it. For a fuck? Are you kidding me? Don't be mm-hmm. stupid. Don't be mm-hmm. stupid. If you don't think you have the ability to control an alpha male in your presence, don't let him in your presence. It's that simple. Yeah. And I'm talking to the ladies. Because you just, you have to be able to rein all of this in and say, sorry, mm-mm, bye, whether they like it or not. So you have to be very strong. This is, you got to remember, a lot of these guys have the equivalency of Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy was very, very charming. Most sociopaths are. So, and this is what I'm, this is what I'm saying, is domination and psychopathy run very, very close together. Because in order to be a very good dominant person, if we're going to get into the BDSM realm, you need to be cold, you need to be manipulative, you need to be everything that that sub is expecting you to be. So you see how it's such a fine line and it's such a knife edge to walk when you play these extreme games. But as per usual, like I said, you're always going to have some penis people. The penis people just walk in and ruin everything. <laughs> Damn penis people. <laughs> God, totally ruin everything. But um, so you would just, you would, re- would you recommend, what would you, as a matter of fact, what would you recommend? If someone came to you and went, you know, I know you did it. I know it didn't work out for you. I want to do it. What, do you, what would you tell me? I would tell them to look at the situation extremely carefully and pragmatically and say, look, if, if your wife or your significant other, your girlfriend, cannot be draw a black and white, and I mean crisp black and white line as to what the boundaries are, and you also have to have conviction in her own ability as well as what she's telling. Don't do it. Don't do it because that is that's the that's the front line defense. That's the front line piece. Otherwise, it, your submission has too much of a chance of overtaking you. And if you if she gets the bull that is manipulative or is one of these professional players that you speak of, you're in for a world of hurt. And you need to find a space. My space oftentimes was with you on the phone to talk about this and saying, you know, let me just tell you where I'm at. You need to have somebody that has some expertise. And I know it's tough to share some of these things because uh, of their nature, but you need to find 
Uh, even even if you're convinced that your significant other has all those attributes, you still need to find somebody a touch point to say this is what's happening, and for that person to say, "Oh, that sounds like fun. I like, you know, hope you're doing." Or be careful. I mean, you, and it's not going to take one red flag because if if the situation has a lot of the elements that are compelling for a submissive, you're not going to see it after one or two or three red flags. It's going to take several. And you need somebody like happen with you to shake you by the shoulders and say, "No, this is really, really way, way off," uh, and get you the hell out of that rabbit hole. So, I, you know, it, to me, I guess extreme caution. Uh, you 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 can't believe how fast this can happen uh, if you have a person that is involved that knows your trigger subpoints. Uh, to give you pleasure, you will be enveloped in this faster than you can ever believe. If they're any, if they're intelligent and uh, and and reading your submission at all, it'll happen. There you go. You've heard that. Listen to it, because it's coming from experience. Like I said, these are not stories. I didn't pay these guys to come on and tell me stupid stories. That's not what this is. And these guys aren't lying. This isn't fantasy. This is reality. Thank you, Chris, very much for coming on. I really super appreciate you being here. You have no idea. Um, what, which, I, which leads me actually what you said prior to that with try and always have a touchstone. You guys, that's what I do. Call me. That's what I am here for. Uh, Kevin, I actually, Kevin has permission from his wife and his bull to call me. What I do is I help them work through this. So if he's coming up against something that isn't working for him and it's, it's driving the three of them nuts, that's what I do is I help him work through it. I'm not here to judge what they're doing. If it's working for them, that's fine. And if they need me for something, that's fine. I'm more than happy to help out. I just don't agree with it. But whether I agree with it or not doesn't matter. I like pointing these things out because what I'm seeing is the unraveling of a lifestyle that doesn't need to unravel just because of foolishness. So thank you very much, Chris, for sharing your story. You have no idea how much I appreciate it. And I know everybody else listening in was absolutely enthralled. Everybody was enthralled all the way up to the show. So, And I know people are going to be listening in afterwards. And thank you very much for helping everybody out. Well, thank you. It, uh, uh, thank you for all of your help you've done. And uh, to anybody who's just listening, this, 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 this lady has helped me more than you can. Well, maybe now after listening, you can believe it. But uh, uh, I thank you, and uh, God bless you, Dr. Sue, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Chris. So these are the sorts of stories that I'm hearing more and more of. And... You know, although these couples have made it work, well, okay, his didn't, but you know what I'm saying, like most of the extreme couples make it work, you can see the destruction that can happen when someone falls asleep at the wheel. My relationship with my husband slash boyfriend, everybody goes, well, what is it? I've been with him for 22 years. We're not married. Pick one. Essentially, we're husband and wife, but whatever. It's too important for me to allow this type of behavior to go down in my home, and it's not going to happen, and it doesn't. 
the bull is not going to be there for me when the chips are down. He's not my ride or die. And if you're not willing to protect your relationship, I have to question, are you really in one in the first place? Or have you given up? I want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight. Thank you to Kevin and Chris again for being so open and honest. I hope both of their relationships work out. Thank you to everyone in the chat room. Hi, Polly Bell. Um, Thank you. Hi. (laughs) Thank you for listening in. You guys are why I do this. If you have any ideas that you want to see covered, feel free to go to either inbedwithdrsue.com or the drsuereview.com and drop me a line. If you haven't been around the review, there is a new article up, Is Female Dominance a Sham? Actually a very good show topic, which we may actually hit up. Um, But read up on what my view is on that. There's also some new audios for those of you who want to have a little pickle-tickle, my new series, La Petite. Friction Fiction has three titles to pick from with more coming up. You can find them at thedrsuereview.com. Be sure to tune in Tuesday, October 31st at 10 p.m. when we have Andy Baca. He is going to be in with us discussing spectrophilia or ghost sex on the Halloween show. Hopefully some of the ladies from the haunted bunny ranch, bunny ranch, what's a ranch? From the Haunted Bunny Ranch or the Alien Cat House is going to also be around. So until Halloween, you guys, celebrate your uniqueness because whether you like it or not, you are. Bye. Hey, Mel, Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. (laughs) Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, But I'm gonna get you that budget just as soon as... Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian... This is the smell of a warm, three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon.